How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Great Sir Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm your host, Anya. And I'm your host, Cam. And today, we're joined by two very special guests. I'm Ethan. Uh, John uh, Thompson, I'm here making some pasta. Hello, Uh, welcome. What kind of pasta are you making? This is your first question. Oh, what kind of pasta? I'm making some penne alla vodka, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. this is your this is John's first time on the podcast. I'm yeah, this is Ethan's okay. second time. Yeah, this is, no, this is Ethan, Ethan's third. Ethan's third. Been on many, many. I'm dis- most podcasts I go on, they usually start by singing Let Down by Radiohead. <laughs> they used uh, the- so I'm a little disappointed so far, but it's been a warm welcome. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but Ethan and John here um, are filmmakers and like we did with Ethan in the past where we talked about some short films, we're going to talk about another film by these two called Pretending. And then we will also get into a discussion of everything, everywhere, all at once later. Another movie by a duo. Another duo well, we movie. We had two duo movies. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah, but we don't have the same first name, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ethan and John is a pretty similar same first name. But I know yeah. it's very, very sad. Plus, we make good movies. That's the other thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's calm down. Right, okay, right. continue, continue. Okay, we got it. We got to I had to fire a quick this, shot in there this. just to get the audience riled up, ready. Right. Uh, we're going to be talking about John and Ethan's short film called "Pretending," which came out uh, like last year, fall twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yes, fall twenty twenty one. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, I guess to start it off right off the bat, before we start asking questions and talking about it, what was your conception? Like, how did you conceptualize the movie? Oh, Johnny. Uh, okay. Well, I guess I'll I'll be taking this. Uh, I, our Ethan and I were sort of sort of in what I called at that time the rat race, uh, which is so true. The uh, sort of ultra competitive and toxic uh, environment of trying to get jobs in a horrifying post-industrial capitalist painful system where you need to compete with others. Uh, And that was sort of the basis for the movie because I had seen many great friends in my life that were pretty cool, pretty great people at, uh, at the university that Ethan and I went to. And they ended up becoming so competitive for jobs that they withdrew from everything, being in pain, in silence, mm-hmm. uh, yes. not, not being very friendly anymore, and viewing everyone as a threat to their existence. Uh, so it was like sort of, sort of born out of that. And Ethan, yes. what do you have to say about I it? completely agree. Great point. But we also... Um, we did have the main idea. Also, we just did that great thing where we just walked around campus and just discussed. And then we went to this room and we just started brainstorming violently and just coming up with ideas, rejecting some, loving others. And then we. Oh, yes, I, re- I remember that. That was it was sort of like a, it was like a beautiful walk and talk moment, sort of walk like a certain talk. film like uh, Before Sunrise. You know, yes, you correct. That film. And walk then walk around and be yeah, walk happy and, discussing like, things. Exactly. Life. It was inspired by great that movie but no um, it was not unfortunately inspired yes but when we well we did we walked and talked and we ended at a building where we just went through the film over and over till we got an outline of it Mm -hmm. then me and john wrote the script violently well you're you're just talking about the the this is a very vague it's more i feel like we talk about why what was inspirational i guess oh well i thought we were talking about the conception building it from like a pillar no 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 that's not what we're talking about well i was Okay, let's hand it back to the hosts. Uh, okay, back continue. to the hosts. Yeah, well, I guess it, like anything really, like inspiration too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, inspiration too, yeah. like both. Yeah, like how the idea built and like what it was inspired. Exactly. By I feel like also it was at first it was just about the rat race, like it was just that, and then uh-huh. I was like, yeah, then we were both like, we gotta push it a little bit. It can't just be. We got to put, like, you were obsessed with Appy Chat Pong at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like, Appy Chat Pong were aesthetical. Yes. yes. And I was, you were like, I need nature shots. And I was like, yeah. okay, let's. Well, it's also about, yeah, uh, the appreciation of, of the natural order. And it's like trying to, you know, it's not, it's, it's very unnatural, like trying to paint this, 
the competitiveness of jobs and everything. It's like, I guess it's sort of natural in like the competition for resources, but it's also very unnatural to be fighting against fellow humans uh, yeah. in such exactly. a, in, like, it's, it's like just the, very toxic. The movie's cut in like, well, the, the short is cut in like two parts. The first part Ooh. is just the pathetic, like... I was about to get to that. Oh, yeah, exactly. But that's how we kind of did it. We want it to be that huge um, thing where we chop it in half almost. Yeah, there's like a big turn in the film. Exactly. And <laughs> people, yeah, like we wanted to show that it's not just the rat race. That was and the whole thing. The immediate thing to take away from this film is that it is titled after the Sweet Trip song Pretending, which is an actual part of the film. So tell yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. How it you? Was, a lot yeah. of the movie was inspired by that song too like the... but i i have to say though we didn't that was an afterthought because remember we were originally going to do milk by sweet trip and then we were like actually <laughs> pretending fits so much better oh uh, we'll we see that, i that... had it maybe in mind secretly we did remember you told me you're like what about milk we all loving screaming but then we're like pretending much better okay correct correct yeah is that why and <laughs> that's why the movie is called pretending Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it came from us looking for a title. So, yeah. was the lead star of this film Carly? Was she going to cover Milk then? Well, Milk was just like a quick thing where we were like, Let's, <laughs> "What okay. if we did it based off a song?" And then we were thinking like, "Oh, that's we like the atmosphere of Milk," but then the lyric, the lyrics of pretending were much, much more like in line with what we were thinking. So, I really like the title "Pretending" because, if I must say, the first. Because I would also agree this film is in two halves. I would say mm -hmm. the first half of this film is about acts of pretending. And I can mm -hmm. tell that might not have been an intentional choice, but I think it's beautiful because you have people pretending they want to do this. She contradicts herself in her speech. She doesn't even want this job. She's pretending. She's mm -hmm. pretending to eliminate people. And it's just these occurrences until it screeches to a halt. And then you have this music swell and it's beautiful. thank you well, that's I, well, like... I appreciate that that's beautiful yeah thank you yeah <laughs> and there's one thing i did want to bring up too about this movie there is there is a <laughs> secret cameo from a, oh, from what an the actor toss? in this movie of yeah course. that people if, if, might yeah. know yeah if anyone in the audience is familiar with brian jordan alvarez has been a great inspiration to me in oh. my uh in my comedy and the sort of the humor of it. If you've ever seen Brian Jordan Alvarez's uh, comedy stuff on YouTube, he's completely insane. Um, but he like, it's, he's very absurd. Like his, he really, his comedy is really about the absurdity of life. And I thought it fit. It was so amazing when I saw him too. And I was thinking about it after like yeah, and this was having him in it. Yeah, yeah it was a I don't, We didn't bring Brian in just because his comedy life. <laughs> no, I just, that's why I was appreciative. Well, it's, I don't know. It was shocking. No one else knew who he was except for me. Yeah, the story was we were in a tiny mini coop, five of us, and we're driving through the streets and John starts screaming, Look, it's Brian. Brian. Yeah, I was, in, I was in the back where, where, if you're familiar with Mini Coopers, there's absolutely no <laughs> legroom. I was stuffed in a, pretty much a box in the back of the car. Yes. My knees were bleeding. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, and he sees Brian. So he's like, it's Brian. And I thought it was his friend, yeah. Brian. So I rolled down the window and I'm like, Brian! And he's, he's, he's like, hey. And he waves. And I was like, Brian, hello, hello. And he starts blowing us kisses. <laughs> and we're waving like Brian, and I was like, "Who was that?" And he was like, "That was Brian Jordan Alvarez." And then he's like screaming that he's famous, and then yes. we're like, "Oh, that well, was fun." Well, he's like a probably a Z-list celebrity. <laughs> yeah, he's but still on, on the list. list. What would the audience maybe know him from? If uh, Will and Grace, I think he's Esteban in, in Will and Grace. Uh, <laughs> and yes, yeah. He's also in, I guess, Jane the Virgin. But most, you um, really should watch his, there's a, a great show, The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo is a I've great show by him that's uh, all about his insane life and being insane. So it's a, it's yeah, great. And how did, yeah. how did he agree to appear in the oh, movie? Oh, yeah, but yeah. oh, that's the great part. When we were in the park, <laughs> I see him and I was like, is that Brian Jordan Alvarez? And John's like, no. And I was like, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, like, we no, just saw him not. 10 minutes before, but I refused to believe it was. And then, I was, and then you were like, wait, 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 that is. So I was like, <laughs> we got to go up. We got to ask him. 
So I go up to him. I'm like, will you be in this short film? And he's like, uh, and I was like, just one shot of you walking or something. And he was like, yeah, why not? So then he was like, let's do it. So we just got a quick shot of him walking. <laughs> oh, and he was yelling at me. I was telling him to just start over by the bush. And he screams, where's my mark? And I was yeah. like, no, come on. we're not, we're not he that was. professional here, Brian. He was great. Yeah, it was, just a, it was a shocking turn of events that did all happen. Great. Because I, I introduced myself as, I was like, we're, we're the guys from the Mini Coop that couldn't fit. And he's like, oh, how was the ride? And I was like, terrible. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, if there's any big Brian Wait, what was Alvarez, if there's any big Brian oh. Jordan Alvarez fans out there, um, that's just another reason you should check this short out. Right. I was. I'm. I'm gonna get back to the short film. Um, yeah. Um, one, it's just. One, it's just nice to expand. Right. Right. One thing I wanted to ask you guys about is choosing like shot composition, and I want to also wanted to compliment that my favorite shot in this movie is um, at the 255 mark and you can see Carly is like shaking because she's nervous and her earring starts dangling. Um, but yeah, what talk about that? the framing. Wait, what was, what was that? Was that I, the I, I, I see When she comes back after the, the interview from lunch. Yeah, it's in the second interview. Yes, the side profile. Yeah, I, oh. I honestly, I have to give a props. Oh, my, sorry, my microwave is going off. Everyone, please uh, <laughs> ignore that. But um, I have to give props to Carly. She did uh, have a pretty great performance. And honestly, <laughs> I agree. It, um, it, was, it was great working with her. She's been an old friend and uh, she's been in many different uh, moments in our lives. Uh, not Ethan, but mine being uh, yeah. going through all different phases. So seeing her actually act and also the musical talent was, was great. So that's true. It was, yeah. she has Amazing. Been in, she's Amazing. done theater before. That's what, well, that's a, another part. Yeah, but the, back to the shot composition, that was, we were doing that, like me and John set up that just interview, like the plain shot where it's just both of them sitting. But then both of us kind of knew we were like, it's got to be different this time. So I kind of wanted to just show a few different shots of like different parts of her where it was. Like we did the side profile. We could see um, Marta on the other end. Then we went back to Marta. <laughs> Marta is, the, is the co our co-star. Yeah. Another yeah. great so we, another great little performance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A slight one. A slight one. Yeah, small little. Yeah, but I wanted to because I love my favorite types of shots are definitely tracking shots from the back and side profile so i knew i just wanted because she had all the earrings too so i kind of wanted to get her whole face with the side of her just looking out so i right. thought that would be a good shot because the Which... little detail of the earring moving because she's shaking is like a very small mm -hmm. detail that i loved that you captured yeah because we had her tap her foot that was both we were like we right. want you to be like anxious yeah, and also the little the little movements. Yeah, that was uh, it was it was a push the performance. Uh, yeah, we put moment. Yes, there is one thing I want to critique. About. Yeah, bring the hate on. So, yeah. Yes, please. As you, as the people listening to this podcast will hear in another episode that Tyra and I recorded. I don't like the director uh, Alejandro in your in your <laughs> and I was watching this film. And I, there was something so reminiscent of Birdman in it. Very much. <laughs> yeah, Anya, Anya hates inspiration. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but I do want you to talk about why you chose that. For the record, I am not the biggest fan of Birdman either. It's, it's fine. But okay, Ethan, Ethan, you can speak about this. Okay, so the shot that everyone's hating, even the co-director, <laughs> is when <laughs> they're walking down the stairs and the drums come on. Mm -hmm, At mm -hmm. first... We just had that shot in silence, but I was like, I don't, feels weird and disgusting. So I'm like, we got to add a voiceover. So then we added my voiceover where I'm like, Whoa. Like, like we wanted some, yeah, we added that, but then it still was two. So we just wanted to make, add some energy to it with drums. So yeah, I, I love that. I, I just instantly, I was like, that's Ethan's voice. But like, we wanted to create this almost this atmosphere. It is, <laughs> where it's like almost not real. Like when they left, like this, as you like after the interview that whole three scenes we wanted to create it almost like this weird type of atmosphere where like it's not fully in reality but it's like a little bit removed so that's why 
we kind of added the weird surrealist drumming, but yeah. I know a lot of people, including Anya and John, were against. But I think it, it, it honestly, yeah, it's it's supposed to be about the the absurdity of like this. The whole job, I don't know how much interviews uh, anyone has done on the podcast, but the whole process of going through this, you're having such a fake, non-genuine interaction with people when you're interviewing. And it's such a choreographed dance of, of social norms and trying to impress the other person that... It's just, it's like, it's almost completely absurd. It's like almost like a mating ritual or something. Mm-hmm. Very, very strange. I always found it to be very strange and I found found myself to be very awkward in many interviews. And I and wa- always walking out of interviews, it's like you're in sort of a, a high, like your brain just went through that stressful situation and it's really hard to cope with the fact that you just like were trying to impress someone and lose all of your dignity for mm-hmm. upwards yeah. of an hour. Exactly. <laughs> it's a very it's like, surreal. Yeah. It's so absurd after like this, <laughs> what you're walking down the stairs and drums are playing and a guard's yeah. like, hello. It's like, it doesn't seem like what's going on here. But like, that's the point. Like you just literally destroyed your whole self worth <laughs> by like cutting people down and creating this fake version of yourself that, mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem right. And another thing that's funny about that is that, um, you know, it's never clearly specified what the job is because as you, you know, have just explained, it's like... Could be anything. It could be mm-hmm. anything. Well, that's also with the opening shot, which I demand that, was that John opening Foley. shot of the, uh, the clean room at, uh, at our university. Um, and I just... It seems like, you know, the lighting of that and like the, you could see like the red light going off in the background. It just, it felt like it's not supposed, you're not supposed to know exactly, yeah, what the company does, but it just paints the picture of, oh, that's also another layer of not only selling out your friends, but selling out your morals to work at, you know, a company that you may not agree with morally at all, but you sort of need to be subjected to that just because you need money. Uh, exactly. Which I saw a lot at our, our university, like people working at companies that they were absolutely disgusted by, um, mm-hmm, from, yeah. uh, you know, from their beha- corporate behavior. But also it's like once you're in that desperation mode, you'll pretty much go with anything uh, exactly. just like, to survive. And then like you get the validation of getting the offer and you're yeah, like, over other everything people, I exactly. did. So you think everything you did was right. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's cool. It was, like uh, yeah, you can justify it to yourself in that way. Yeah, because the validation that you get, you feel like, oh, at least one person thinks, but then you destroy relationships and destroy <laughs> yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, this is I don't great. know. I don't know if yeah, I don't know if Ethan, you were going. I was definitely going through that in my life with my. Oh, I'm violently going. You know, I still am. So yeah. I <laughs> so it was just sort of a way for us to get, I guess, vent our feelings about the horrifying. Exactly. Each of the yeah, films it's something everyone. Has... It can be relatable to like anyone. That's yeah, cool. yeah, like yeah. everyone's gonna go through it at some point. I think all of our films at least have. We're all personal to both of us. We both put ourselves into each of them at least a little at some point. Tried to. Yeah. Tried. We tried. Yeah. Maybe popped <laughs> a few times, but still we tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this yeah. is definitely my favorite i think uh, it's like really grown on me the more i watch it like the better it gets and i liked it the first time but like i think it's grown to be my favorite of the shorts mm-hmm. you guys have oh, made. thank you cam it's like thank you yeah, i yeah. love the cover really nice. like the cover the cover of um pretending the song the sweet yeah do you want to song. tell I'll tell that story quickly. We <laughs> had um, a different ending in mind before we heard the cover. It was more of a darker kind of pathetic, like it was the last shot was going to be a dark room, like an empty table with like no light, a dark room, kind of like she's done. She sold herself and it's over. But then we heard the cover and we just hear like, it's so much full of life and you hear the humming at the end and we're like, we can't yeah, what's the story that? behind that? Like, how did you get, did you, were you just like sing the song or did she? Yeah. Well, we, she, she said, could, could you give us a demo? And she gave us like a quick one minute snippet of what it would be like. And we, we had our like first rough cut edit and we were like, no, 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 we need to change this ending. So 
than John in Atlanta. And I was like, like <laughs> called and I was he's like, you gotta, we gotta shake it up. So then we came up with the shot of her looking at the sunset and kind of being content. And like, you can take that as you want, but. Yeah. Like, we yeah. went through the same level of psychosis during the editing process that is shown in the film because we were just trying to, also the timeline of the shooting and the editing and the production yeah. and everything got so screwed up because yeah. mostly, and it's also, it's ironic because the reason that, that a lot of it got cut short and we didn't have as much time editing as we wanted was because people were busy with job interviews. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah, Carly had a job interview. Yeah. So that was, that was, uh, yeah, so that's why we didn't but even, still, even we sacrificed the art for job interviews. Yeah, true. we did, because, like, the main thing, if we had more time, we would have fixed the sound. And, like, maybe oh, yeah. color, and a bunch of the color correcting. But still, we spent 20 hours, maybe, in the editing <laughs> oh, We were dying in the editing room, We yeah. spent two, like, three long days in the editing room. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So. All right. Yeah. I think that's um, good. Thank that's you. Pretending. I- yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, um, you guys should go watch it. What's the YouTube channel it's on called again? <laughs> Interesting concept. I believe it's still called. Yeah. And great. You can insert a link on yeah, the we'll Spotify. Insert a link. Or, um, yeah. On the Spotify podcast, we can insert a link for the short and the music, uh, the cover. Yes, everyone, yep, please check it out and, uh, you know, pay us millions. So just very briefly, the things that I had to say, not even directly about pretending itself, is that, um, is that the, the pretending cover uh, in the movie, it's on Bandcamp, correct? Correct, correct. Yes. Okay, so yes. So um, for anyone, and I believe I knew that, but um, just for any listeners, we'll have that link there too, uh, in case you'd like to listen to it. It's a great cover. Um, the other comment I, I was going to make is that it was funny that Anya brought up Birdman again when we're talking about an Ethan film because I remember about seven and a half, eight month, eight or nine months ago now, a long time. Uh, when we did the episode about about um, I don't remember what movie it was. It was was it Moon Moonflower? Moonflower, correct. Right? Yeah, it was about Moonflower. We talked about and, all. We talked and about we talked about trilogy. Free Guy and Don't Breathe Two in the episode too. I fucking remember. Good episode. Us having the talk of Anya mentioning um, Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuri Two and fucking Birdman again. So I think it's really funny that that came up. <laughs> I probably defended it violently. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember Alejandro was a great man coming out of. He's 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 an okay man, I would say. Out of the three amigos, he is number two, though. All right, uh, let Tyler continue. Okay, so yeah, that's basically all I wanted to say. I just had a couple (laughs) comments to make. Yeah, good, good boy, Tyler. (laughs) All right, all right, I'll transition. Okay, does Tyler want to transition? Okay, so everyone. Every once in a while, we get a, a, a movie that many, many individuals agree on, um, and very clearly so, because right now at the time of recording, this is the highest rated movie of all time on Letterboxd. Recency bias uh, aside, it's, it's what it is. Um, and there comes a time when not all of us agree on the same movie. So that is what wound up happening with the new film from Daniels, Everything Everywhere All at Once. We have a near even split. <laughs> Besides Ben, ben fellow yeah, Ben, ben has, not, has not seen this movie. But ben Marlon has. Four That's... of us have. Four, the other four podcast members have. And so we have a near even split. Marlon is not here at the time of recording, but he is on the same side as Ethan and John. I mean, not no, Ethan, no, uh, Anya. No, not John me. and Anya. John, John and Anya. Yeah, John and Anya. <laughs> I misspoke. <laughs> and then so, on the other hand we have ethan cam and tyler who really enjoy the movie yeah so, so yeah you spoiled it on yeah way to go yeah, so, <laughs> it's, so, so there's a war about to happen i think the way we should start this out is everyone go around individually <laughs> and each say a few sentences or a, a little bit about what you thought about this movie and then we'll get into the, the discussion yes a brief capsule so how about a cap how about our guests start? Yeah, yeah. Let's look I go. want John to go first. You want me? You want to start it off on a sour note, don't you? Um, <laughs> uh, yes. Let's hear it. I, I have a two, a very 
quick two-word summary of everything oh. everywhere all at once. Uh, and it was it was given to me by my my other good friend Jonathan, who hopefully will be listening to this podcast. Um, but Jonathan, he after watching the film, he said to me, "Browsing Reddit." That is how he felt watching the movie. And, you know, that might be petty. That might be, uh, you know, sort of surface level. But, I mean, it's just the humor was, you know, it's the same in Swiss Army Man with the farting uh, corpse. I mean, it's like, it's just not, that is not really my brand of humor, I guess. Um, And I just think what the movie accomplished was done much better in other movies for example minari is a fantastic movie about uh the asian american experience um and that's yeah i I won't say anything else we could dive into it deeper i also was not a big fan of the the sort of nihilistic perspective it takes on life but um ethan uh, my turn Uh, I was on the exact opposite of that spectrum. So I was thinking it was one of the top um, films on the Asian American experience and non-nihilistic. But besides that, I thought that um, it was just a type of movie. I enjoyed Swiss Army Man a lot. So I thought it was like a quirky, kind of weird type of humor. I know it's not for everyone. It definitely isn't for everyone. But I thought the way that they just... Like, that's what some movies can be. They went above and beyond on everything. They didn't hold back on one thing. And they really were able to push you into this kind of, like, state of comfort with, like, this humor. So silly. Like, whenever there's something super silly, you kind of get in that comfort zone. But then they're able to, like, almost assault you with the emotion. So I was, I thought for me, personally, I was, I really related to that style where I kind of like that type of humor. And then... I really enjoyed the more sentimental parts. And I, I really enjoyed the message that they had at the end about kindness and like being able to enjoy all the little stuff, even if you think in your head that nothing matters. But that's just my point. All right. Yeah. I guess. Uh, hated it. I, <laughs> I guess Can't I'll go. Either. I'll go next. Um, yeah, I'm on the same term as Ethan, really. I love the movie. I loved Swiss Army Man as well. Um I kind of agree about the humor. The humor in this movie, it's not like it's not like intelligent humor. It's it's a lot of goofy, silly humor that um just worked for me. And um I found myself laughing a lot, but um when I wasn't laughing, the all the emotional stuff were really I don't know, really got to me. And uh the performances all around um were really great. Uh, we'll pr- dive into the performances probably in a little bit, but um, all around, I thought the main cast did a great job playing these characters, and um, yeah, I, I loved the movie. I, I really did. All right, yeah, so next, Tyler. Yeah, okay, so I saw this movie quite a while ago now, um, and I... I keep coming back to it and thinking because, you know, usually when things like this happen, like this is the highest rated movie on Letterboxd, like, um, like it happens very frequently with big movies. Like obviously like, like a movie like Avengers or Spider-Man or something like that is not the same type of big movie as this. Um, but I feel like there's always going to be a part of basically everyone that's a part of online communities and things like this. That when something is receiving so much hype, you almost need to question it a little bit. And I do think that this movie does deserve the hype because I think that um, that the the stories that are present in today's world are like. And John made a good point about this movie having certain um, nihilistic outlooks on life. I think that what's interesting to me is that I feel like in the end, the message is almost about um, accepting this nihilistic outlook on life and having to view it um, and having to just take, take, take it as it is and live life um, for you and uh, what you love. And I think that was a really powerful message. So I do think this movie deserves the hype. I'd look, I think that what is strongest about this movie is not even really like, like obviously the central multiverse theme is 
pretty creative and well done. Like I wouldn't be saying all these good things about the movie. Well done and enjoyable because it is, that is what it is. It's a comedy uh, with action and things along those lines. And yeah, I think that um, circling back um, about a month ago, maybe um, Anya, Ben and I did an episode about turning red and I mentioned in it that um, <laughs> I thought the the messages in that movie were pretty affecting because um, because of how they dealt with um, generational trauma, especially in the Asian American community. Because I found myself connecting a lot to that. That's the community I'm part of, and I felt that in this movie I was almost a lot more struck struck in. I don't really know. taken uh, the by word it. Is not really, yeah, taken by it because <laughs> taken um, taken too. Yeah, I, I, I sort of felt like the it wasn't that like, oh, this movie's so much more profound, but it was like it's hard for me to say. Like it's it's it just felt like there were there were things about this movie that felt just very visceral and reflective of real life to me that despite all the silliness, it just wound up totally winning me over in that regard. All right. So I'll end real quick before we get into the discussion. I did not like this movie, so I'm more <laughs> along the lines of John. I felt this was a very, like, I appreciate earnest movies, and I do like those aspects of this film, but I found it was very, like, saccharine and kind of, like, inert, and that, like, annoyed me about it. Um, the filmmaking itself could be perceived as interesting. This is cynical. Like, if you've never seen <laughs> movies before... Like, like, I don't, I wish I was taken by it. I also didn't like this movie's takes on, like, using film canon nostalgia. I thought, I thought it was very sloppy, um, kind of like no detail to it, in my opinion. And like, I also, I know people were kind of talking about like the outlook at the end of the movie. Uh, And like, again, John described as nihilistic and I kind of. I'm a little more in agreement there because like while I do appreciate again like it wanting to like promote kindness it, it kind of felt like a movie about just being complacent and that like you should like you shouldn't even bother to question your reality and especially for like having the crux of the movie like being about like a parent and like inflicting pain upon her queer daughter I thought having the complacency aspect at the end was like really kind of rude. Um, And I thought it was just kind of, yeah, like I didn't like that. I thought that was just kind of like cheapening. Like it, and even at that, like the emotional aspects of this movie are used as like a crux that are so cheapened by wanting to give you visual eye candy instead of doing something satisfying with the emotional core of it so i didn't like this movie that much all right all right that's the podcast yeah okay yeah goodbye Um, i I, I would like to circle back um i'd like to circle back to actually this is not even circling back because this is a conversation that i and i had private last night with with marlon and cam um there is sort of a sentiment going around around this movie um, about how it's sort of like this like anti No Way Home, like anti um, Marvel, anti multiverse, like, anti capitalist. I really don't see that as much as I do like this movie. I do not think this movie is like anti Marvel because like Anya told me last night, this Russo, movie is right? basically yeah. a Marvel movie. <laughs> Yo, facts. It, this is Marvel for A24 people. No, it's, just it's, kidding, just kidding. Everybody calm down. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, I produced, it's, pro- it's produced by the Russo brothers. <laughs> so, like, right. yeah, and like, and like, and like, like Anya did say about the film nostalgia portions, like the Wong Kar Wai portions of this movie are that. literally no oh. way home for, they're no way home for people who, who like, who um, hate movies Asian like No Way Mark. Home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Speaking <laughs> speaking of the the Wonkar Y references, I agree with Anya. They were ham fisted, but also uh, I feel like not many people are talking about it. I just watched, um, and I had seen quite a few scenes from A Touch of Zen. I'm a big fan of King Hu, 
uh, as a director. I think he's one of the best, like uh, in terms of influences on wuxia and kung fu cinema. Um, and I actually, one of my professors at my university was a wuxia and kung fu uh, researcher. So I used to talk to him a lot about these kind of movies and their inspiration and what makes them so great. That's and I just cool. don't feel like the way that they use that scene, you know, they cut yeah. to them in the, the bamboo fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that part in, uh, in A Touch of Zen is so like subtle and so um, built up. It's like you build up all the way to that fight scene and it's like, you know, a huge payoff. Whereas I feel like it was just like shoved in there. So, you know, people that know can say, oh, look, it's, it's the movie that I like, uh, you know, where there's no really reason why that needed to be in there. Well, so- I want to close the chapter on the Wong Kar Wai thing very quick so I don't get like keep thinking about it. One reason I don't like its placement in the film as a whole is that like when I think of Wong Kar Wai as a filmmaker and I think about how he is a auteur who is interested in like miscommunication and like just like very subtle expressionistic things. This is a movie that's doing the complete opposite of that. <laughs> so when the movie tries to indulge in it, it's jarring. And the King mm-hmm. Peter thing, I have I haven't seen Tarzan. I've seen uh, Dragon Inn. I can understand where you're coming from, but I do still think. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't a huge. Fan. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm, well, yeah. Well, what I just wanted to say though, <laughs> I know there's. A- <laughs> hate against um all the references they did but i think it, there shouldn't be like i i get where the hate's coming from but like having these like classic films like they did 2001 a space Odyssey, they did in the mood for love um chunking express what other one dragon in um all those but we i don't like like people hold these films on like, a, like if anyone even touches them or tries to do homage that you can't live up to them, so you shouldn't even try. That's but not that's what not... I'm saying, though. Yeah, yeah but I... Yeah. Oh, no, but it seems like you guys are like, oh, it's such a big... Touches Zen had this big moment. It's doing it like... Well, you, like what, here, yeah. what I'll say in response to that is, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying when you, like, don't even acknowledge what's interesting about that material from a zeitgeist perspective, it's just confusing. Yeah, also, it's not just, they weren't only referencing really highbrow cinema movies. Like, I also grew up on, you know, like Rush Hour, Jackie Chan, Pony oh, yeah, Story. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Those, those movies are inherently very goofy. And it's like sort of a similar brand of humor. But I, I don't know, it just like, I feel like it worked a lot better in those movies, you know. And I, it's, I don't know, I, I'm a huge fan of, of Jackie Chan. Like, he's a huge inspiration. I, I just, I don't, I don't see how it fit together with his work. Well, Jackie Chan, well, this is not, this is just Jackie Chan was going to star in this film that Daniels have said, which is- But then they trashed it, but then he trashed it. Was he going to be the- It was going to be the husband? No, he was going to be Michelle Yeoh, but they gender swapped it. Oh, I don't know yeah, why, I know it, but I, 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 I don't. That's all I know about it. Oh, okay, Michelle. Yeah, because this movie was in production for an, an incredibly long time. They started writing this movie in 2015, so that actually does. Yeah, they check they out, started but... writing it like after they finished production on Swiss Army Man. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Okay. Let's let's well let's move on to the I performances. Think... I think we should talk about. Well, also, but before I want to just talk about the nihilistic because it seems like no, that can be the big payoff at the end. That's yeah. The... Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> John and I can say it's completely nihilistic, and I think it's one of the least nihilistic. Okay. Okay. You can just take some deep breaths and <laughs> no, no, I'm not taking any deep breaths. We can talk about this now. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do the performances. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the performances in these movies. I like Michelle Yeoh. I think I I didn't know about the gender swap thing until you just said it. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly glad they gender swapped in this I, movie because yeah, I think I, Mich- I think Michelle Yeoh's great. She's yeah, Michelle Yeoh was like pretty fantastic in this movie. I've never been like I haven't seen her in a lot. I know she's in like right. She's in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right? Yes. Yeah, and like I know she's her in best she's performance. In, long time. Yeah, she was I agree in Shang Chi. She mm-hmm. was in Shang Chi recently, and um, Crazy Rich Crazy Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I like she was, she 
I fell in love with her in this movie. She was so good. I thought I it was such a like nice performance. Like she was such a and it's very subtle. Like you know, there's the scene. There's a few scenes where she needs to convey that kind of shift to emotional art. Yeah, she has to make a decision to do something, and you see it. She has to do it all in her face. Where yeah, like, it was just it was such a hum- humane performance, mm-hmm. and um. I really, really loved her in it. But um, the standout for me, like the standout was, uh, I, I'm going to butcher his name, Tyler. <laughs> K.H. Kwan? Yeah, K.H. Kwan. He, yeah. um, I mean, I, I grew up watching the Indiana Jones movies, and I always knew, I always loved short rounds. He's like, he, I have, and I had no idea what happened to that actor. Like, he, he hasn't been in a lot. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, is, is he never even took a break. He just said that he just stopped getting offered roles. Like, yeah, there, yeah. there was no he's, real reason. He, his performance really blew me away in this movie. Like, the way he shifts, like, the way he shifts character, like, from the one version of himself to the other. Like, what did they call it? They, they had a name for it. Um, Jumping, I think. But like, yeah. The universes, they switched, like, identities. Yeah, it was, that was just that was so unique the way they did that, and I I don't know just the fighting scenes that he would, his the face expressions and I don't know his performance he was the standout for me I really want to see him in more movies now I think yeah I, I I I agree that he was the standout performance of this movie and I and the thing is is I think that what is really a testament to to these three leads, um, these these th- oh, three leads. I should mention Stephanie Sue. Yeah, um, yeah. She was, I thought she was really good in this movie. Um, this is really her big role. I don't want to say meaty role, like maybe like a sizable role because she was in Shang Chi. She didn't have anything to do in that movie though. But um, you know, yeah, this it, is I, definitely yeah, and it it was. I think that it's a testament because I feel like it's very easy to fall in love with performances that are like quote unquote the most acting like this movie is a movie where um um there's really there's a lot of like yeah each each lead has to play at least like five different versions yeah like seven or eight different characters and like and most of them not all of them have like sizable screen time but like most yeah like jamie lee curtis and james hong for example Yeah. yeah I do have to say, I think it shows his best range, the character in the Wong Kar Wai reference where he's talking about like kindness and stuff and he's in the tux with the glasses. At first, I almost didn't recognize him. Yeah, me he, neither. I was going to say that. Yeah. That was the big... Yeah, he, he's... Yeah. Oh, it's performance being like loud and goofy to fully toned down and pulled back where he can just say the lines and just act like you can tell it's you couldn't even tell it's him but right when he starts speaking you're like you're like that's him yeah i didn't recognize it was him what i'll say is i if i like anything about this movie it is the performances i think it's a lovely cast because you know you have good actors when they can perform anything without hubris and i think everybody in this cast does that and especially kehu kwan i think you know again as much as i don't really like the script of this movie I think everybody is doing. Um, Everybody's their best giving it their all in a like movie it's... that I think is full of hubris, which is annoying. I uh, I will I will say um, from my great perspective, not really. Um, James Hong is a gem. First of all, he you cannot say anything against James. He's fantastic, um, and I did like uh, Michelle Yeoh um, and everybody else, but. I gotta say the the daughter Stephanie Shu, like I was I was not a big fan of of her performance, especially in the last scene um, where you know she's getting into the car. Um, I don't know, it just it did not really feel genuine to me. I did, I, everybody else was great. I agree. Well, what did you think of the scene? You know, after the mother says like uh, you you need to lose weight, and then there's a scene of her driving, yeah. and it's like from the mirror and it's just her driving and it's like she's about to cry but she does it. that that was that was all right i don't know i was i was not i was not in love with her i was she's she's fine she's fine it was like <laughs> james hong though oh that man love him 
<laughs> I need to just like, oh, that would be great. Give him a big hug. What a great man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he was good in the movie. He was really good. I liked him. He's uh, fantastic. I, yeah. I seen when he was in like the rocket wheelchair. I think hey. Stephanie Sue is really good in this movie, despite my problems with the script and whatnot. And, you know, I, I know we're getting towards like the end of the movie because it's like, immediately a lot happens immediately when i was watching it i related to stephanie sue's character like heavily and listen that and at the exact same time um i think it's presentation of that dynamic in the script as again as somebody who's kind of related to a lot of that it felt very stereotypical and grating in it and again in terms of the however you interpret the world at the end of the movie i felt very like Instead of like feeling uplifted, I felt extremely sour and unhappy. Very, yeah, very true. But that leads us very well into the nihilism discussion, which I know Ethan is very excited, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. talk about. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh, actually, so if we're if we're gonna <laughs> right before we jump into the nihilism discussion, um, <laughs> uh, I would like to throw in a couple more things um, that are just thoughts that I had. Um, I think the editing of this movie is kind of striking to me because like there's a lot of things about the way this movie's edited that I think don't work in like weaker movies. Like there's a couple scenes in this movie that weirdly kind of remind me of like birds of prey and, and like movies like that, like, or like Deadpool or something like that. And like where I don't think that those movies really work it well editing wise. Like I think this movie, it does sort of work. And like, like right. another thing is like the the fake out cut to credits halfway through the movie is probably the the single worst thing that I can say about Adam McKay's Vice uh, <laughs> is that he does that. <laughs> but in this movie, for some reason, like it worked for me. Like I was like, okay, well, this kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. Um, another thing is is just like throwing it in like a few more uh, actors. Um, I feel like this movie. <laughs> With the way like it uses its actors, this is a strange comparison to make. I like call me out if I'm saying something that is completely like just not correct at all. I feel like this movie, in a way, sort of reminds me of like *The Five Bloods*, where it doesn't use like it doesn't use like <laughs> top tier, A list, A plus list um, actors. Talent. Yeah, yeah, but it it gives ones that have been like struggling in the background, like Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Jonathan Majors. Um, a lot more to work with and it puts them really in that spotlight like it would have been very easy for them to pick like yeah like i like, agree with you like casting wise it's kind of yeah similar. like someone yeah. like ross butler could have d- appeared in this movie and he did <laughs> sure, like yeah, yeah. like <laughs> no i get it i get and, it yeah no yeah. i get that yeah and so another thing that i'd like to point out is that um is that a lot of actors that um, I really like that I wouldn't expect to appear in movies like this do appear. Like, like uh, Harry Shum Jr. for one. Um, I've been a, a fan of his. Who was he? He played. He was the <laughs> the raccoon chef guy. Oh, oh yeah. that that part was tough for me. That was one of the best. Fucking that was I real tough. That was really funny. And also, but well, yeah, also and, and Jenny really, Jenny yeah, Slate. Jenny Slate was the second one I was going to mention. Like, yeah, I thought she, I thought like. I just didn't expect to see her in this movie. Like it, it was in. It was like because like I've, I've been following like some of these actors for a long time. Like obviously for like weird projects. Like I first saw Jenny Slate in the fucking Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, and then I first saw Harry <laughs> Shum Jr. in Glee when I was a kid. And like it, it was just kind of fun to see like character like actors like this that aren't like the, like the the most like yeah conventional. It's a looking, really, like, it's a really goofy movie. And like yeah, no, like points, I, I, well, I love the movie. I love it to death. And there were points like in the movie, like during some of the action scenes, where I was just thinking to myself, like this is really dumb, but I like it. <laughs> it just works. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, me, like, like the big I, thing. Oh, oh hold on. Yeah, you got. So the last thing I'll say is like I do totally agree that this movie is really dumb. Like, and I think that, and a, a mess too. I'll say that this movie is really messy. But I think that that is what makes it work for me. Like, obviously, to a much different extent. But yeah, um, part of the reason why I love Titan or Titan, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that movie's title. It's Titan. It's Titan. Yeah, Titan. Um, is 
obviously these movies are absolutely nothing like cannot be more different but <laughs> part of the reason why i like that movie so much and i like it more than raw julie ducano's other movie is because it is messy and it kind of just like goes for it in that regard and i think that this movie is almost that's sort of almost the reason why i like this movie like i do think that this movie does have a few pro- like I don't think this movie is perfectly paced. Like, I think that it gets honestly kind of tiring at a few points because of how much is happening. Like, it, it's sort of like, it's like another horrible comparison on part. It's like the Lego Batman movie where, like, so much is being thrown out at you that it almost becomes tiring for a little bit. But I do think that, that I, I really think this is a great movie, though. One thing I'd like to say, um, kind of referencing what you're talking about, mainly about, like, the silliness of the movie, but um, in terms of the messiness, to me, it wasn't messy. It was sloppy is the word I'd use. But I know we have different opinions on the film. But, in ter- like, another reason I wanted to like it was because, like, I'm glad that it was goofy. But to me, I thought it's, like, goofiness was just, like, cringy and bad, like, in my opinion, there were the the um the surrealism and the humor that I thought of when I watched this movie was I thought of people like Quentin Dupois, I thought of Leos Carax, and I thought of Sion Sono. And I thought to myself, like, I know as we all, as you were doing, you know, I'm making comparisons and I'm not trying to insinuate they're the same thing, but I thought about those three filmmakers and I thought about their editing. I thought about why they choose to be surreal and I you know, and how those combine, especially mm. talking about the editing. Like, I love the editing of uh, Holy Motors, the latest character film, for example, because that's a shocking movie. That's another movie where the lead character <laughs> is playing just different people the entire movie. And that is a movie that I respected because it refused to ever accept logic. And I think this movie, like, desperately wants the audience to know what's happening, which kind of like, like, I didn't like that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I think mm. what like a big thing is too. I feel like this movie just isn't for some people. Like the humor <laughs> and like how it's structured. Just it really is. I agree. It's a good companion movie to Swiss Army Man. Yeah. In a way. Like that should be your intro. And if you hate that, then maybe skip it. <laughs> but the yeah, thing is, Anya, was... Anya likes what Anya does like Swiss Army Man. That's oh, sure. true. Right? Yeah, I like that. that movie. Ethan was trying to first. He was saying. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this to me. And then after talking about the trailer for like 20 seconds to him, he's like, actually, maybe you shouldn't see the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I predict you're going to give it a one. And yeah. No, you predicted one and a half. So oh, you were I was pretty off. optimistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, quick shout out. There won't be a great stare average for this movie until Ben sees it, just because we know Ben is going to see the movie. Yeah. So- at the and also, the funny thing is, he is the tiebreaker because, like we said, Marlon hates this movie too. He gave it a one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marlon, a man after my own heart. <laughs> well, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now this we... is this is this is kind of like I'm just sitting here right now. I'm realizing how how fucking like crazy this kind of is because like when I saw this movie, I was like, there is no way that this is gonna cause like a. a a podcast civil war like some other movies have in the past I mean, and now here we are we've been talking about this movie for 35 minutes now yeah. the last time, yeah. yeah i haven't even it. let the hate flow yet the pot's about to boil over ready i agree well, no, i've been just keeping a lid up <laughs> the last time i feel like the last time we had a conversation this divisive was old yeah, and it was oh. funny because I loved old, and now here I am hating them. I think it's okay. As in, everything. I think yeah, okay. people then Ben didn't like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I think anyway. I think led up to this, we can finally talk about what we've all been waiting for: the nihilism, the hashtag nihilism. Okay, yes, true that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I so it seems like the end of the movie. Well, actually, oh, are we oh, allowed rage, to talk rage. About- yeah, we can no. we can do it. We can like, talk about a little bit about like what happens. Let's keep yeah, it. Yeah, no, vague, we yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, okay, but but in the end, um it they they there is a point in the film where it gets to that point where they throw the nihilistic kind of worldview at you. They're like, Oh look, there's millions and like trillions of universes out there and you are just one version of yourself. You're meaningless and it means nothing. Every decision you make, you could have done something else. So why does it matter? 
and they leave you at that for a second. But then I think the rest, like the last 20 or 30 minutes builds off from that. And they're like, okay, yeah. it doesn't, you doesn't matter, but still everything can matter. You can look at the little things. Like you learn um, the husband, I forget, uh, what was his name in it? Uh, I forget. Brand. Michelle Yeoh husband. She, he's it, like, what'd you say? It was, um, it started with a W, I think. Wayman. Yeah, Wayman. Yeah, Wayman. Yeah, so he was like, so he, the whole time, it starts off, I think the build off is from him, where he's like, oh, everyone thinks um, kindness is naive and weak, but I use it as a tool because like, even though like my life could be this way, I'm always going to be kind the best way I could. So then it like, it starts off just layering that with you. And then we get to Michelle Yeoh's character and she's like, she starts to realize like, I could be anywhere. I have the power in my head to go any place, anywhere. And like, I could just literally destroy my life. Like she, she gets to the point where she starts, she's in the um, laundromat breaking yeah, it she down. she starts breaking it. Yeah, and then you see that like, when you, uh, again, her husband does like the one act of kindness and just talks to someone. And she's like, okay, these, that little thing, she realizes that, okay, maybe, maybe things don't matter. Maybe I am just this tiny speck, but like, every little thing can be a moment of beauty if you make it that way. You can choose to have faith and believe in things and make every little thing you do meaningful. So I think in the end, it's extremely hopeful. Like she's even sitting there, like look at all the things happen. She's no longer distracted thinking about what could have been, but she's distracted thinking about, look at my life right now, all the possibilities that I have. So yeah. I, you know what's uh, interesting? I, I, I believe that it's uh, her learning what, what, to appreciate what she's been given which is a daughter um her father even though that they, they they have all their issues um she learns by the end that she that she was put in this world uh at the same time as them in this in this universe and that all she wants is to be with them at this point in this universe exactly one thing ethan i'm gonna say this really quick and then i'll be done oh, no go ahead I, I, i'm gonna go on the rage train soon yeah no way. This, happy no I, want, I want this to be my last comment about the movie uh I think, it, in, Ethan, the way you described the ending is what I saw in a completely different movie that I think this movie didn't do, which was when you talk about, like, I don't have a problem with the movie saying, like, people are meaningless. I agree with that to some degree. Again, I didn't like the complacency of it of just, like, just deal with, like, not deliberately, but, like, almost like you're just gonna have to accept, like, oppression and stuff like that, which I don't agree with. Like, when it comes to, like, kindness and um, accepting small things in terms of um recognizing that i uh, when you described it that reminds me of kim min he's character in the day after and i won't do a whole breakdown of a completely different movie but like i feel like that's a movie that um like that takes that ideology that you described and does it much better because at the same time she is somebody in that movie who appreciates the little things in the world and she has faith in her own self and at the exact same time she will not take complacency and she will not be put down. Like, it doesn't matter that people are meaningless, but, like, people, you know, especially marginalized people, like, I don't like, it's not about, like, succumbing. It's about perseverance and kindness equally. Anyway, I, and I think this movie doesn't do that well, in my opinion. I agree completely, and I want to add to that. Um, obviously, I'm not uh, as well-versed in the great uh, Hong Sang-soo uh, filmography, but uh, I will relate the part to accepting that family is really the most important thing that matters. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, it's. I see so many parallels between this and and Minari. Um, I don't know if anyone else saw that. I did mention it earlier, but like... I I guess the the family themes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're just talking about purely the family aspect, it just, it feels like the ending, the catharsis of uh, Minari at the end is built up by so much evidence and so much time spent together as a family and going through these struggles that I just feel like everything everywhere it spends so much time you know in the other universes and the you know all this crazy you know off the wall out of pocket jokes and stuff and then it just comes back at the end and it's like okay yeah she has her you know rage scene she has her you know smashing the windows but then you know wayman just 
I feel like she never really patched up her relationship with her husband in a convincing way that made me think that, oh, you know, and, or, and the daughter as well. It's just like, how does she go one scene where it, it just, it, it, that part, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. The whole character arcs, you know, I didn't really see that as clearly as maybe other people did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the nihilism point, uh, it's just, this is really just a personal thing, but um, I, I don't really think that life is meaningless. I don't think that our universe is meaningless. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that the earth is meaningless uh, and the humanity is. So that was, a, uh, anytime a movie gets into that, I, I usually disagree with it. Um, and I just, you know, if, if I were to believe that the earth and the universe we live in is meaningless and we're insignificant, uh, I just the the natural conclusion of that is not uh, treat everyone with kindness. Yeah, it's a uh, contradiction. Exactly. That's not that's that doesn't follow logically in, in my head. So that's just I don't. I mean, maybe other people you know have a different perspective on that, but that's that's never really been my philosophy. Well, I don't. I don't think. I think in the end, like I'm. I agree. I don't think the universe is meaningless. I think it's saying it's not in the end because she's looking around. The first scene, remember, she's sitting there just like zoned out. With her out. family, yeah. Yeah, and she's, the second scene, I mean, when she's zoned out doing the taxes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you're always zoned out. But then the end, she's now zoned out for a totally different reason. She's looking around. She's with her husband, her father, her kid. And she's her like, kid. everything has meaning. She's looking around. Like, every little moment, every act of kindness, everything is full of meaning. What, but like what about the whole rock scene and all that pain? The rock scene, I was, that was, I was really, that was not doing it. Yeah, that was, I, that's what I mean. That's the point where they were laying it out, kind of like bombarding you saying like, nothing matters, nothing matters. Cause that's what it's like. You just like, if you go into that deep thought where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so small, blah, blah, blah in the universe, you get into that headspace, And then it's like, but look, go go to the smaller scale, the huge shift when he does that one act of kindness where he's just like, he talks to someone. And she's like, what did you do? How did you change your mind? He's like, I talked to her. Like, and she's like, oh, that's all you need to do. Like just small little moments give so much meaning to life. So I felt like in the end, I know like you can take it. I feel like it is, it seems contradictory. Like if you're going through that movie and you, the whole time you're already like, oh, I'm not agreeing. Like, I feel like you can't, that's saying like oh nothing matters but i personally felt like in the end it was saying like everything matters i don't know about yeah, it it's just i feel like i feel like it's saying that things matter in a different way than what you want and what you yes. need but um because like 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 you said michelle yo's character has sort of like this viewpoint for the whole movie that like like oh i wish my life wound up like this i wish my life wound up like this i shouldn't have never left uh china i should um i shouldn't have never married wayman but um i like like you said the ending is her realizing that this is what what her Evelyn needed as her as Evelyn this needed to happen in order to in order to yeah. find happiness that's like so and I think I don't think that that's nihilistic at all honestly I think that well yeah I, I I just think I think the battle at the end is it's really so it's it's the the donut right the, the quote-unquote yeah, everything the, the, donut the bagel yeah the, the bagel, bagel the sorry bagel. why the fuck did I say donut um anyway uh <laughs> yeah the bagel the everything bagel it's like I think I thought the way I interpreted it was the daughter is saying, oh, everything is meaningless. So I'm just going to like, you know, destroy myself um, and like commit suicide by jumping into the donut. But the, the mother is fighting back against that and saying, no, everything is like meaningless. So, you know, that's why we should try to be kind and be happy. And I thought that was sort of the the two sides raging against each other at the end of the movie. It's like the conclusion that you draw from it, not so much whether life has meaning inherently or not. Because uh, I don't think they really addressed, I don't think they really ever said, uh, oh, you know, because of this, life has meaning. Whereas I feel like, you know, at the end of other movies, uh, one being Minari is like you, you know, that's the meaning is drawn from your strong bonds to your family. That's where you can, you can gain meaning from that. Whereas it's like this one, it's like, nah, you know, just, just screw it, you know? So I just, I was hating. I was, I was on the hate train. I was raging. I was on a love train going the other way. You guys, yeah, that's the the beauty of this movie. You can, 
It's what? <laughs> That's the beauty saying, of watch this movie. Everyone will get everyone. Okay, I will watch the day after immediately I will and probably love immediately. Like, everyone will get something different from this movie. I agree. Like, I think we can, like, end it too. Like, this yeah, movie, I think, is not for, like, everyone. Like, I think just the humor and the style and kind of the over-the-topness, some people just... You could yeah, find not, similar like, which is why family really guy. Surprising, which is why That's it's why. Really <laughs> surprising. Yeah. Like, it, like, isn't, do you guys kind of agree that it is honestly surprising that this is like, I agree. the 4. number one highest I, 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 thought, I mean, I, I don't was... think, I don't think it's surprising at all. Oh, that's a very sad, <laughs> sad viewpoint. I thought it was very shocking that it was so high because I was like, has this really what we've become? I was disgusted. But also, raging. look at the other movies up there. Like, <laughs> like, come and see. Like, that's not a movie for everyone. Like, yeah, people will watch true. that and say, that's yeah. disturbing. What was that? And hate it. Like, I think there's just these movies, like, there's just some I think audience. This, yeah, except, except that amazing the, lady this... me and Ethan uh, um, encountered at the movie theaters once who this, loved uh-huh. Cup and Steve. In my opinion, this uh, movie hits, like, is for the target demographic of youth that use Letterboxd. Um, yeah, correct. So that's very, why I'm not Very surprised. true. Browsing it's Reddit. True. But still on IMDb, it's highly rated too, which is shocking because that's like old white men. Who are still on <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, or oh, people that like, just like don't know. Speaking how to use of letterbox, um, the Great Stare podcast now has a letterbox. That's account. a good way to wrap uh, up. You can follow it, <laughs> yeah. you can follow it. Um, it's just the Great Stare podcast on letterbox, and yeah, we have stuff. Yeah, we all have our recommendation list. You can check it out, anyways. Yeah, so that concludes our discussion on two different films. Um, yeah. Thank you for um, joining you two. Thank you, oh, thank you for having we're us. Look, we're I, looking I'm forward. loving my outlet to rage. It's always fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, thank you for the interview too. Not just the rage outlet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Correct. Not just rage. Yeah. The interview. We're, we're looking. Great. We're looking forward for your next film. It's going to happen. Yes. We hope. Oh yeah. This oh summer, yes. yes. Right. The the next film. Uh, it's going California to be a California film. film. Is uh, it in the planning process? Early. It, in it the is. We, we. I will start writing. We will start writing immediately. And... Oh, so what? What I'm hearing is that you're gonna make ambulance part two. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Ambu- LA Ant two. Ambulance yeah. part two, but on public transit. All right. <laughs> yeah, can, you, can you can you actually title it so that if if the letters LA are in the title, can they actually be uh, bolded and and, and yeah, brightened? Uh, no, this is, this is gonna be Ambu Ambu SF Bay Area. And... <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Ambu <laughs> All right. All right. So well. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, stay tuned for more stuff coming here and there. And don't forget to do the great stare. Bye, everyone. Bye. Everyone. Bye. Bye.